This is a space to open up dialogue through anonymous trust. In an advice-based format inspired by old newspaper columns, with submissions directly from my listeners, we interactively exchange experience for perspective. It's about ownership, acceptance, and the power of self. How else would you get the answer to a question you would never say out loud? Through a little leg up in a miniskirt revolution. Revolution. Um, this week we're going to be getting into, it's kind of a piggyback on last week's episode where we're going to be talking about love and dating and identity and defining the world around you and how all the moving parts kind of flow and fit together and deciding what doesn't belong and what does belong and how you, how you tie it all together and, um, are kind of able to kind of like look at yourself in the mirror and recognize yourself and all the choices and the people, all the choices that you make and the people that are around you and the environment you're in. And, and I hope everyone is staying safe and like doing, adhering to the quarantine and really trying to find some positivity and some silver lining and all of this mess that we're dealing with dealing with because the whole world is like on pause so this is kind of the perfect time to recenter and realign and allow yourself to breathe outside of the hoopla and the um hustle and bustle of everyday life that we have to keep up with in the world so with all that said let's just go ahead and jump right into it let's just get into our first submission One thing I've been struggling with recently is the question of living stealth or not. I've been stealth for the past couple of years and it's been great, but I also know how empowering it was and still is to see trans people openly living their lives. I'm applying to medical schools right now and being trans, navigating my healthcare has been a huge push to become a physician. And I know now seeing only trans physicians made it possible for me to see me being that many years ago. And being open has also bit me in the ass multiple times. Even if people weren't being openly transphobic, they would still treat me differently. It's not mean or rude. It's just awkward. First of all, I think it's um, it's really inspiring to take something that was a beacon of hope or a, a, a spotlight for you in your life and try to become that for other people. So I think you seeing an openly trans position in your, in your life, help you on your journey to accepting yourself as trans. And then you, that inspiring you to take over that helm for someone else is just, it's just like mind blowing to me because if I had had someone like that to communicate, um, what, like how to like navigate those things in a real like interpersonal, um, relatable way like things always just click a lot faster when you have someone who's like speaking your language when they understand what you're going through when they can see eye to eye with you um it just helps you kind of like breathe a lot easier and you kind of feel a little more relaxed in your situation and undergoing something as um technical and medical and scientific as a 
as like hormone release replacement therapy or SRS or anything to do with anyone's trans process, you have to have a support system and you have to have a real close, like tight knit connection and communication with your healthcare provider. You have to be able to, it has to be a space to where you can kind of put it all and, and they have to be able to handle that and give you the feedback and not judge you or not, um, come from a place of uncertainty or unknowingness or unwillingness to learn or I can imagine I'm very lucky in my situation to have a very great doctor that I've been working with throughout my transition or throughout my hormone replacement therapy so I really don't know what I would do without that support support system because I feel like I can go in and pretty much say anything that I've been going through and she would understand to a certain degree um, and I can't imagine what level that would be on if that if she was a trans woman where she would understand or trans man who had been um, who had personally gone through the process of their helping other people. So I think for you to take that personal journey of yours and turn it into a um, a career path that is an accomplishment like you want to be a doctor like that's insane like I, I have so much respect for people that put so much work into um, helping other people. And then you want to take that to another level where it's like, um, it's a give back to your community. It's a um, real connection to who you are. I think when you marry your passion and your job and your um, skills and your talent, when that all comes together and it flows, then you have found the right thing in life that you need to be doing. And I think it's just, I, I'm just really inspired by hearing this right now. And I I think of all the lucky um, young trans kids that are going to get to have you as their doctor to help them on their journey, which is just really inspiring and um, kind of unbelievable coming, like to me, like I still, I, I'm from a small town in Tennessee. And um, when I was growing up, I've kind of always been the way I am and you don't have the language. You don't have people to look up to. You don't have, um, or I didn't have, um, someone to look at and be like, that's who I am. And that's how I identify. And this is what I have to do to get to where I want to be. I didn't have that. So if you become that for someone else, that's just putting, that's just setting them up, up for so much success in their life. And it's just, it's mind boggling. It's just, it's unbelievable. And I'm so happy. And it makes me so like proud of the world we live in and proud of the space that we're creating together. So, um, to get to, the, and then let's just get to the actual like root of your question, which is living stealth. And for the people that don't understand what that means is that, um, there are some trans people who can live in the world and not be, um, where they're, where they're not known for like their identity being as being trans, where they can blend in with cis, cisgender women. So it's, um, being stealth means that you kind of like fly under the radar and no one knows that you're trans, which is a real privilege and a real luxury. And the whole like 
um, passing and uh, stealth and all that shit is just like a real like double-edged sword because I kind of feel like I have that too in the world we in the world we live in where I don't have any problems with my trans identity. I don't feel I don't really get discriminated against or I don't get called out for it or I don't get um, hurt. Like I'm not necessarily in real everyday danger because I kind of blend into everyone's expectations of what a cisgender woman looks like and it's a thing you have to use wisely I think especially when you come from a place of privilege in a community that is so underprivileged and our people like us are um hurt um disadvantaged so much you have to stand in solidarity with that and understand that your privilege of being stealth or being um passing or me being um white and thin like those things may seem like minuscule to some people but like they really make a difference in the everyday world and how the world treats you back and how they treat your transness and how they treat your space in the world like it, it matters like your physical being matters so much to other people's perception of your identity even though it really doesn't matter to anything the world we live in is we're socialized and ingrained to believe and think these things and um being stealth is great and i think fine owning that and being in a happy place in that there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame in that. There's no, no one can hold that against you because it's hard enough out here to navigate a trans identity. And then if you can kind of just fly under the radar and let it happen around you, then that's great. But I think when you are wanting to, when your when your identity has inspired so much of what you want to do in the world and what you're capable of in the world, you have to really own that and you have to take it the bull by the horns and you have to, I mean, you don't have to scream from the mountaintops, but I mean, you kind of, you kind of do, you kind of have to own it and you kind of have to live in that because if your child, like the kids or something that come in to see you, like they have to you're going to be their hero and you can't back down and you can't hide or it's not, it's not necessarily hiding. You have to be unapologetic. I guess is a good way to put it. You have to not back down from any adversity to your identity when it comes to inspiring young people to do the same thing especially if they're not privileged enough to be passing or stealth or um, to fly under the radar because it is very dangerous out here for people who don't have that luxury. And we have to stand in solidarity with them as our sisters and our as our community. And we have to um, own our shit as much as like they have to own theirs. And it's like, I think if you're going to bring on the um, responsibility of being a healthcare provider for trans people as a trans person, then you can take on anything, you know, like you can handle anyone biting you in your ass because 
you're just going to keep walking with your head held high. And it's going to be no problem because you're going to walk into your doctor's office the next day and see all the people's lives that you're changing. And one person you biting, one person biting you in your ass is going to be nothing compared to ever all the difference that you're going to make as a trans healthcare provider, furthering the progress and the happiness and the absolution of the lives of so many in the trans community. So I think if you can handle, first of all, medical school and being trans, then you can literally handle anything else that the world is going to throw at you. I mean, there are some big curveballs in the world, but that's a pretty big one. So if you can catch that, like nothing can ever really bite you in the ass and really hurt you because if anything hurts you walking into that doctor's office and seeing the impact you're having will heal that scar right away as someone who wishes that they had that when they were younger I think you have to own your identity you have to stand in your truth and if you if it hurts you a little just imagine how much it's going to help uh, so many other people. And that's something I really relate to a lot as someone who is, is, I'm not shy of putting myself in the spotlight or kind of, kind of like sacrificing myself in that way where I will take on the burden if it's going to inspire other people, if it's going to push other people, if it's going to open the doors for other people, if it's going to, um, continue the dialogue or challenge people to be better or be more themselves I'm happy to take that on because I'm able to handle it and I feel like that's my job in the world so I think if you feel like this is your calling there's nothing that can deter you there's nothing that can stop you because anything that hurts you in this process the result of it is going to heal you 10 times what you're going to get out of it is going to overflow you. It's going to drown out any pain you ha- you've ever had to deal with. That's my personal opinion, but I feel like all the good you would do would, would it would just shit all over the bad that you've been through. It would just like it would just make a mockery of all the pain you've been through. Think of all the good you'll do. Think of how good you'll feel. Think of everything you wanted at the beginning of your journey and let that be every day let that be your thought process every day of why you're doing what you're doing because I feel like that's your calling that's what you're meant to do for for us for the world for the community for that for that trans girl for that trans boy for anyone who needs you you can be there and you will be there and I believe in you and I think you're going to be great. Okay, let's get into submission two. Dear miniskirt, my fiance went to Manila three weeks ago to visit her family and now she's in quarantine and I'm trying to get an international flight to see her. Am I being selfish or reckless wanting to see her? 
We've been together for four years and haven't been apart for no longer than a week. We are planning on getting married next year, and I'm afraid I won't see her again. I'm sorry, but I don't care about the virus. I just want my fiancé back in my arms. Okay, first of all, I just want to say that I really admire your love and your commitment to the to this relationship. And I think... I think it's great that you're so in love with her and you want to be with her and that you found that and that you want to cherish that and keep that and honor that by being together. And I really appreciate the love and the commitment to her. It's hard out there. She got a good one. And I think good on you for that but when it comes to your actual question you have to really I think this is a situation where you have to really really think instead of feel because this is this would absolutely be reckless I th in my person in my opinion this would definitely be potentially very harmful not only to you or her or her family or um, it could just be harmful to literally anything, anyone, any, like, anything could happen with what's going on right now. And I think safety needs to be the number one priority for both of you right now. I don't know what, what the pandemic situation is in the Philippines but I'm sure it's not as it hasn't dodged it it's dealing with the shit we're dealing with now and I think removing all your feelings from it you have to look at statistics and you have to look at what could happen and what's possible and you have to kind of remove yourself from your emotions even though your love is so deep you have to clear your head of your love and allow yourself to think logically about what you're doing or what you what what would a flight do to put this love in danger i think you have to take a step back remove your love from the equation because that seems pretty unwavering like it's not going to go anywhere and you have to think logically right now because the world is moving in such a odd um disjointed space right now that none of us are really able to comprehend in a way that is not dissociative we're all just kind of taking every day day by day and you can't really make a rash decision like going halfway across the world in the middle of a pandemic and potentially risking everything to be together when it will all be there if you it will like all the love and everything will still be there if you just take a breath allow what's happening in the world to run its course and um don't oh, don't add to the complication of the world your love is 
enough to ground you and keep you going through this. I think if you go and make rash, like if you go and make rash decisions, like getting on a flight right now to the Philippines, the risk is not worth what would, what it would, in my personal opinion, what could happen is not worth what you want. Think of your marriage and your love and the life you want to have together. And you don't want anything getting in the way of that. You don't, and you don't personally want to add any sort of complications or potentially complicated um, situations in the middle of all that. The world is already going through too much. Your relationship and your love is already going through too much. You don't want to add more on to that by making a rash kind of illogical decision. And I know that kind of seems maybe because I'm not in the relationship that I don't feel the things that you're feeling. And I think that's totally fair. But from someone who would, so if my, if my friend was going through this and they wanted to make this decision, I would have the same conversation with them because I think if you're lucky enough to have found this love, you're going to want to make sure that it's there when all of this is over. And I think that needs to be your light at the end of the tunnel. You need to think about your wedding day. You need to think how everything's going to be okay. Focus on the bliss of your love and not the the darkness that is surrounding it right now. Because we're going to make it through this and you're going to get married and it's going to be beautiful. And you should really just probably save that money you're going to spend on an international flight and like put it into the wedding get a bigger ring, <laughs> um, cherish your love and be grateful that you have it in the world. And I just, I would just hate for anything to happen that didn't have, that didn't need to happen. Um, but it's hard. Like it's, who am I to say what you should and shouldn't do when it's your love and your relationship? But this is just if I, if my really good friend was going through something like this, this is the advice or this is what I would say to them because I would want to be honest and I would want to be real and I would want them to, I would want to be a, a ground to their decision-making process. I would be like, hey, I know you're feeling all this. I know you're passionate. I know you're emotional, but you have to think about all of the little complications or what the this whole thing is a butterfly effect right it's like you do this it, ha it has seven ripples around the world it goes from here to here to here to here and let, next thing you know it's affecting you directly by potentially removing something out of your life and I think deep down you know the real answer that is if this love is so sacred to you and it's just such a treasure in your life, protect it. Stay safe. Stay home. <laughs> Call her every day. FaceTime her all day long. But be realistic. 
you have to be smart and logical and honest. So I think if this love is as important to you as, it, as you say it is, you'll do anything to protect it. Anything. And if that means staying home, I think that's what you'll do. I think that's what I would tell someone to do. Because something that precious, I wouldn't want to inadvertently um, put it in danger because of a decision that I made without logically thinking it through ten times over and making sure that I thought about this as much as I felt about it. Do your best to wrangle your emotions in a time where it's very difficult to do that, where everything feels very personal and everything feels very um, life and death and everything feels very threatening and feels very unknown and uncertain. Cling to what is certain in your life and that is your love. Do nothing to damage it. Do nothing to put that in potential danger. Do nothing to get in the way of your wedding day next year. That is your beacon. That is the light at the end of the tunnel. That is what's going to get you through this. Put your feelings there. Put your feelings in the relationship. Don't put your feelings into the happenings of the world. Keep your feelings channeled into her. Keep your emotions locked into her, the relationship, the wedding, your happiness. It all has to be together. If you start flying and sending it in irrational decision-making, it only puts that sacred space you have with her in danger in my in my opinion be smart feel your love but stay stay home <laughs> and plan your wedding pl relish in your happiness that you have and don't let it be diminished by any sort of geography or mileage or distance because there's no distance because from what I'm reading there's no distance that can get in the way of the love that you guys have so stay home she'll be there she'll come home later to you and you guys will get married next year and it's gonna be beautiful and it's gonna be great and we'll all be cheering you guys on from the sidelines and like I said, invest the money you're thinking about putting into an international flight and put it back into your wedding and make that day even more special because you guys deserve it. Okay, y'all, the last submission for this episode. Dear Miniskirt, how do you initiate the discussion of your status with someone you're seeing? 
We've been seeing each other since October, and although it feels like the feeling is mutual, we have not had a formal discussion about what we are. In quotations. I'm nervous to have this discussion because in the beginning, I said I wasn't looking for anything serious. But now, I feel like since we've been hanging out often and texting every day, spending all of our free time together, meeting each other's friends, I feel that we are evolving into something much more serious than friends benefits. So this is kind of similar to like what we touched on in the last episode where it's like, have the conversation, say what you feel, do what you're going to do and uh, lay it all out there. And I think all those points are still really relevant in this, but the difference here is that you guys have, are starting a history. You guys are laying a foundation. You're spending time together. There's quality time. There's um, reciprocated feelings. There's emotions. There's there sounds like there's some sort of level of understanding of what you guys are. So when there is all of that work, how do you bring to the forefront, hey, what do we what name are we gonna slap on what we're doing? Because you're doing what you're doing and you're both enjoying it and it's going great and sometimes the details just kinda get in the way and Words bring expectations. The word boyfriend brings expectations. The word girlfriend brings expectations. It brings all the baggage, all the bullshit. It brings everything you've been through with that word, with other people. It puts it into that word on this new person. So I think when it comes to labeling what you guys are, it has to be a discussion from the bottom. It can't come in with, everything preconceived. I'm a firm believer in every relationship is new. Every relationship is built from the ground up. It is not like an, um, it is not like a amalgamation of everything in the past coming together and then you're dumping it on this person and being like, this is what I want. This is what I don't want. This is it. It's none of that. You can't, that you can't treat a person like, like your Chipotle order. It's not like there's not that many specifics in what you decide, what you keep, and what you don't keep, and all these different things. You have to start from the ground up. You have to have a discussion. Be like, do you like this? Do you expect this? What do you want from me? What do you what do you like from a girlfriend? And then you have to be able to be like, well, I'm not going to give you that. That's not going to work for me. In every relationship you have, every new relationship needs to have these needs to have these things laid down individually it's not like an objective rule for every relationship of what you guys are doing so I think how I would go about it is I mean I would literally just say what are we doing what's going on am I your girlfriend do you feel like I'm your girlfriend is that what this is is that where we're going and not everyone can do that right so because it's it's not easy to do that because you don't want to ruffle any feathers. You don't want to like disrupt anything. You don't want to get in the way of any sort of happiness that you have going on. So I think I would kind of like slide in a little bit of, of a, like an, uh, like an allude, like allude to the fact that that's what you wanted to talk about. So if you 
are talking about a past relationship and then you say, yeah, but you, and then you talk about something maybe that went bad, but then you're like, oh yeah, but you're not like that. Or I've never really felt that way with you. And I'm, I'm responding really positively to that. Or I like that about you. I like that you're not putting me through what he put me through or that, um, I've never felt that way that I felt with him. And I like that about you. Or he made me feel this way. And I found that in you, but in a different way. And I think that would plant the seed in his head to be like, oh, she's thinking about me in terms of she's comparing me to her old boyfriends. And that's kind of like opening the space up to in his mind where he's thinking about himself as your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whatever. Just work with me on the, uh, on the specifics. I don't know what's going on, but I think if you hint or you test the waters and with a topic of what went wrong in your last relationship and why wasn't she right for you or and then you can kind of I think it it kind of like makes people vulnerable and open and uh it's a good starting ground to maybe see if they see you filling the spaces that person did or if they're going to trust you to be open enough or all the things that come in with being a relationship. And like, they're also subjective and it's all, it all varies on the different kinds of people that are in these relationships together. There's a way you can have that conversation without outright saying it. And you can kind of like tie yourself to that space in their head without being like, am I your girlfriend? Do you want me to be your girlfriend? You can, you can kind of figure that out without directly asking it by really paying attention to what they're saying and how they treat you and, um, but nothing, but nothing beats just outright saying it. I am such a fan of communication. I am such a fan of saying what you feel and not being afraid of what people are going to say back. So, um, or if you're afraid of it, be able to handle it. Okay. Let's say this. If you're secure in what you guys are having and you feel like it's heading towards the, the relationship direction, then honestly, that conversation is really, I personally don't believe that if, if you really feel that way, the conversation's not going to be anything. It's not going to derail it. It's not going to derail and take everything you've been working on and everything you love about what's happening off the tracks. Like, I don't think it's going to really going to endanger it. Like, if you really feel that way and you feel like the feeling is mutual, it's probably just there all unspoken. So if you speak it, speak it, it's going to be there to like, you're going to have to acknowledge it. He might just be respecting your wish to not have anything serious like you established in the beginning. Like, I kind of feel like that might be a big possibility as he doesn't want to like cross any lines or um, he wants to make sure you're comfortable, right? So I think the biggest favor you can do is just kind of like slowly build up the courage to have the conversation and until then kind of like nudge him and you, your thoughts and your experiences into that, into that boyfriend, girlfriend space. If that's where you feel like it's going, if that's what you want, then I say all signs point that way. And you should inch 
your way or you should giant step that way. So it's like you're in control. And I think if you really, really, truly feel like the feeling is mutual, nothing can get in the way of it because a connection if all your specific, if all your specifics in your life lives are working out for this situation and you feel like everything's great and you feel like it's mutual, then a conversation about it, I really don't think is gonna hurt anything. It's just probably gonna air out what you guys already know is going on. So I think you should just go for it. I think you should just ask him. I think you should just be like, hey, um, so I've been thinking, and I know I didn't say anything I want anything serious in the beginning, but now I kind of feel like we could really be onto something together and I wanted to get your gauge on it and I wanted to see where you're at and like what you, not like where you see this going, but where you see us now, you know, keep it present. Don't put the pressure of the future on him. Don't put the pressure and the expectations of the future on to them. Keep it present. See, ask where you see yourselves now, not, not where you see us going, because that's gonna set. It's just gonna set the bar way too high and too far to even see. Focus on the now. Have the conversation in the now for the now, and then when it comes to the future, think about the future. But right now, live in this moment. Enjoy this moment. And if you want to put a label on it. Y'all figure out a label to put on it. Just go for it. Either slowly, but surely, I think you'll, you'll get what you're after. Just don't put the pressure of the expectations of the past into your future with this new person. Establish yourselves now and don't think about what could be, think about what is, and everything will be golden. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mini Skirt Revolution. Stay tuned for more secrets getting their time to shine. If you have anything you'd like to share or submit, please don't hesitate to reach out across all social media at Mini Skirt Revolution. My inbox is always open for you as well as my personal page at hookerlegs. Or if email works better for you, you can submit at miniskirtrevolution at gmail.com. Until next time, keep your hemline high and the revolution alive. <laughs>